Amen. That was free. Okay. Amen. And so God wants you to have a great 2017. And I want you to look, first of all, at John chapter 10, verse 10. Then we'll get to your outline of things. John chapter 10, verse 10. Josh, we just gave a good plug for the class. You're welcome. We want to help people. John 10, verse 10. It talked about God's plan for your life. You need to know this verse above all else in the Bible. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. If you don't get a revelation of the fact that in the spiritual world, there's not just Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, the angels of God, there's also a devil and demon spirits. He's not just a thought. He's not just an idea. He's very real. And so uh, there's a thief, but Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The Amplified Bible says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. God wants you to enjoy life. God wants you to have more than enough money. God wants you to stay well and not be sick. God does not want you to die before your time. God does not want you addicted to alcohol, drugs, pornography, gossip, overeating. God doesn't want you addicted to things like God wants you to be totally free to enjoy your life and serve him. God does not want your family busted up. God wants your family together. God wants your family serving him together. God wants your family to be able to play together, vacation together, get along together. That's what God wants. But you have to understand this, that there's a thief. He doesn't want it. The thief is called the devil, Satan. We, last night at our New Year's service, we looked at Revelations chapter 12 and talked about the thief used to be a good angel, started off in heaven, and he, he, tried, he tried to take over heaven, and God kicked him out. And said a bunch of his angels came with him, and those angels are now demon spirits are down here today. And Satan hates God, hates everything that's about God so much, he'll do anything he can to deceive people, to hurt people, to destroy people. Cancer doesn't come from God. Cancer comes from the devil. Amen. Addictions don't come from God. They come from the devil. Sexual perversion doesn't come from God. It comes from the devil. Wife beating doesn't come from God. It comes from the devil. And so we have to know as Christians, Jesus said, the thief's the one. And so for our thinking as Christians, we need to get a hold of the principles in this verse right here. And why is that? Because there's many times in our lives, Satan is a master deceiver. He deceives, he lies, he twists things around. And James chapter 1 teaches about it real well. It says, let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted to God. Because God cannot be tempted with evil. It says God won't tempt any man with evil either. It said God never changes. And so Christians so many times, either because of no Bible teaching or wrong Bible teaching. Wrong Bible teaching. When things come into their lives, they'll think God sent it to bless them. Cancer never blessed anybody. Poverty never blessed anybody. Divorce never blessed anybody. Not getting to see your kids or somebody else raising your kids. That's not a blessing. And so, so, so many Christians think, well, God did this to test me. 
God did this to teach me. Well, that's people that don't know what the Bible says. The Bible says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I come for you to have and enjoy life. I don't know about you, but back in 1977, my wife left me, my first wife. I had two little girls. That wasn't enjoying life anymore. I didn't enjoy not getting to see my kids. I didn't enjoy not being able to celebrate holidays with my kids and things like that. That wasn't a blessing. So how could God be in a divorce? Amen. If it happens, then God will take you through it and get you over it and help you get back in solid ground. How could God, how could God be in you being so broke that you don't have enough money to put gas in your car, take your family somewhere? How could God be in it if you're flat on your back, sick in bed, you can't go to your job and take care of your family right? That's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I'm emphasizing that for us to get a revelation of this. That in our lives, if you're going through a hard time and it looks like God's holding back on you or somebody's told you, well, God's going to send that your way just to teach you something, then you need to stop and say, wait a minute. God come for me to have and enjoy life. Jesus said I'm supposed to have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus said the thief comes to kill and destroy. And so when bad things happen, I'll guarantee you, one way or another, the devil's behind it somewhere. He's the deceiver. And so sometimes natural things happen where economies go up and capitals go down. Well, the devil's behind the bad stuff in the economy, too, that causes things anyway. But the thing is, if you lose your job, then God's going to help you get a better job. Amen. If you get sick, God's going to help you get well. But you've got to have it established in your thinking. God is not the one behind the problem. Because if you think God's the one behind the problem, you're not going to be able to pray in faith. How could you pray in faith if you think God sent sickness to bless you? How are you going to pray the blessing off? <laughs> Amen. You don't want to pray a blessing away if sickness is a blessing. If being broke's a blessing. If it's a blessing not to have a job and be going broke, how are you going to pray for a better job if you think it's a blessing not to have a job? Amen or oh me. And so anyway, you've got to know that in every battle that comes your way, and sometimes you may have been the one that opened the door for the battle, but nevertheless, Ephesians 4.27 says, don't give place to the devil. So when you open the door and bad things begin to happen, you may, you may have been the one that got it started, but the devil's the one who took advantage. And so you've got to be able to find the plan of God to close the door. Amen. And so I want to look at our theme verse for 2017. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 in the NIV. This is going to be our theme verse for this year that we're going to build around for the whole year, look at, and, 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 and just uh, really try to, try to tap into more and more. God said, for I know the plans I have for you. You need to take that personally. God has a good plan for your life for 2017. The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God's got plans to give you hope and a future. Debbie Gomez, God's got a future for you. He's got a future for you. Amen. He said, long life will satisfy you and show you his salvation. Amen. That is the plan of God. Amplified Bible says, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. To give you hope 
is your final outcome. Uh, how have you ever heard of Yoki Berra, the catcher back in the 50s for the Yankees? Well, I watched him play back in the 50s, but that's another story. But Yogi Berra had a lot of sayings that people have, 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 have recorded over the years. And I tell you what, for your life, no matter where you are right now, Yogi Berra say was, it ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. And guess what? If you're breathing, it ain't over. Amen. You're still here, so it's not over. So not, no matter where you are in life right now, whether it's family things, health things, job things, kid things, addiction's got a stronghold on your life, you're still breathing, and you've got to consider the God factor. You've got to consider the God factor. Amen. You've got to consider that God is greater than the devil. God is greater than poverty. God is greater than sickness. God is greater than family troubles. God is greater than depression. God is greater than headaches. God is greater than fear. God is greater than whatever it is you're looking at in life. You're still breathing. Jesus is still on the throne. Word of God is still in the Bible. Holy Spirit is still in your heart. As long as these things are there, the only thing, the only thing that would cause you to lose If you quit, if you begin to get the attitude, I can't do it, what's the use? It's all over. It's all over. And then when you begin to think like that, a little demon comes and sits on this shoulder and says, what Kim just said, that's right, it's over. (laughs) Amen, that's that's true. He'll begin to come up there, He'll, he'll, he'll he'll begin to become your best buddy. He'll start talking louder than the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's a still small voice in your heart. The devil's a big voice in your mind. He'll begin to say, it's over. What's the use? And then you begin to dwell on those thoughts, and you'll start thinking, that's right. And then the other one, other demon will get on this shoulder. And then he'll start pointing out all the reasons in your life why you're a loser. He'll start showing you every ugly bad thing you ever did, every ugly bad thing you ever said, Every time you ever failed, every time you ever didn't do right by God what you should have been doing, every time you ever cheated somebody, lied to somebody, every time you ever lost your temper, all those things get on you, and the next thing you know, you'll say, I'm out of here. But God has a good plan for your life. And you know, I something you might want to write down, Jesus looks at three things, your heart, your words, and your actions. Your heart, your words, and your actions. You need not only to have a right heart with God, you need to get your mouth hooked up with what God says about you. He said in James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. So when those quitting thoughts, those losing thoughts begin to get in your head, you need to say, Satan, I bind you. I resist you in the name of Jesus. I resist these suicide thoughts in Jesus' name. I resist these losing thoughts in the name of Jesus. And then you need to look at verses like 1 John 1, 9, where he said, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he says, Satan, I don't know what you're talking about. God forgive me. God cleansed me. If you've got a problem, you talk to him because I'm not going to listen to you. Get out of here in Jesus' name. 
And because the Word of God says he has to flee, he has to flee. Amen. As somebody said, well, it didn't feel like he did. Feelings have nothing to do with it. The Word of God doesn't work by feelings. It works by faith. And your faith is what you believe and what you say and then how you act. And so Jesus looks at your heart, your words, and your actions. And so then what's that mean? That means once you've got your heart, your words right, hold up your head high. Look people in the eye again. And when they say, how's it going? You still dealt with such and such? Then you look them in the eye, you shake their hand, give them a hug, say, no, I gave that to Jesus. I'm not dealing with it anymore. Jesus has it. Amen. Amen. Well, what are you going to be doing? I'm going to serve God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to treat people with the love of God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to act like what the Bible says, that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. I can do all things through Christ with strength me. That's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to live. And you know what? It won't be very long for this little demon on this shoulder to say, Hey, man, I can't take any of that. You know why? Because that's called the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6 said the Word of God's the sword of the Spirit. That mouth starts working, speaking that word out, that sword starts swinging. That little demon over there says, man, I don't want to get too close to that. I'm going to get hurt. And then the one on this side says, hey, where'd my buddy go? He says, wow, he's out of here. I'm by myself. I'm getting out of here. And then that happens. And then all of a sudden, you start feeling something in your belly called the peace of God. And then the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, his leading becomes clear again. All of a sudden, it's not a struggle to come to church. It's not a struggle to pray. It gets easier and easier and easier and easier because you run off the enemy. And when the enemy's gone, it's you and Jesus again. Amen. Life gets sweet. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. And so says God said, he told you his will. He's got a good plan for peace. He's got a plan for, for your welfare and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome. That's what we will look at today. It's how we can have a great 2017 following God's plan. And so if you ever expect to enjoy life the way God intends you should. Love this thing. Then you're going to have to be established in your heart and in your thinking that God loves you. God loves you and he has a good plan for your life. God loves you and he has a good plan for your life. And so what I was putting this together the other day. Come is just you know what I, I love to be able to preach things and always get fresh things from the Lord and how to preach them. But as I was looking at this verse, Lord began to put some questions in my heart to answer for us today as a congregation. What do we mean when we're talking about a plan? And the Lord just spoke some things in my heart. Number one, in the military, there's battle plans. A plan of attack. You know, soldiers, Marines. Whoever the fighters are, they don't just show up and say, well, man, let's just gather together, man. <laughs> We're just going to start shooting. Let's just gather together, man. Let's just, let's just kill somebody. Well, you might be the one who gets killed by the one next to you. Or shooting wild. They've got a plan. They've studied the enemy. They know his tactics. They know about him. And then they get a plan how to handle them. They get a backup plan. For if the first plan fails or doesn't go right, what's the backup and then they got a backup for the backup to know what to do. And so that's, that's military plans. But then in sports, 
there's a game plan. And, you know, I think about all the different things. We've got the Super Bowl coming up and those kind of, th- kind of things. Well, they've got, they got plans that they've, they've worked inside and out for a long time. They study films. They, stu- they, 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 they study written reports on the other team. They've got a backup quarterback. They've got a backup quarterback quarterback. They've got, they got a backup kicker. They've got a backup everything there is. They've got a plan of what to do. And then they've got a plan of what to do if the other team does this or what to do if they pull this out. They've got all kinds of plans. In other words, they already know steps of action they're going to take before they get there to know what they're going to do to win the game because they want to win. And God said, I've got a plan for you to win. God said, I know the enemy. I know you. I know what you're capable of doing. I know what you can't do. But I know what you can do through me. Nothing's impossible to you through me. That's what God says. And so for your family, you might be asking yourself, what's our vacation plans for 2017? You know, the way vacations normally work for a family is, number one, if you're a working family, you've got to ask for time off for the time you want to go. You've got to find out where you want to go. You've got to have money to go. Amen. You've got to have a plan when you get there where you're going to stay, what you're going to do, what et cetera, et cetera. You know, nobody just wakes up one day and says, hey, family, we're going on vacation today. Where are we going to go? Well, I don't know. What are we going to do when we get there? Well, I don't know because I don't know where there is. <laughs> Amen. And so, you know, what am I saying? I'm saying, if God says, I've got a plan for your life as a good plan, that I don't think God's going to have you wake up and pray and say, God, what's your plan? God says, well, I don't know, but it's a good one. You know, it's just a good one, I can tell you that. Well, yeah, it's a good one, but he wants us to know it. Amen. And so God's done a lot of strategic planning for years for your family. Amen. And so look at those different kind of plans. And then in a business, you must have a plan for growth. You want to prosper and you want to succeed in your business. And so I, I, I love Mr. Google sometimes. Anybody ever use Mr. Google? Well, I found out I, I've got, I don't know, maybe a thousand different books, research books, spiritual things, books and all kinds of stuff that I've gathered over the last 37 years my reference materials and stuff like that. For Mr. Google came on the scene, or he may have been here a long time. I just found out about him recently. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, in the, in the last year or so, I've learned, instead of going to my big volumes of stuff and going through stuff and digging out some look stuff, I've kind of learned that, you know what, it's easy to sit in my chair, drinking my coffee, looking at my server material, and if I want to see a word, I just hit Mr. Google on my little iPhone. And, man, he gives me all kinds of stuff. And so, when I'm putting this sermon together this week, I started to get up and go get out my big American Heritage Dictionary from 1828 or wherever that one is. Man, got all the stuff in it. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to get out of my chair. I want to see what Mr. Google got. And so I went to Mr. Google, and he pulled up this definition from the business dictionary. And wow, this is an often awesome, awesome definition. And it's so much in line with the Word of God. A businessdictionary.com says plan is this, a written account of intended future course of action, a scheme. And remember, we're talking about God's plan for you. God's already got a written account right here of the course of action for you. 
And I've got to say, I see a lot of faces in here this morning that took step number one in God's plan. You're in church. Give yourselves a hand. I've written the intended future course of action scheme aimed at achieving specific goals or objectives within a specific time frame. And I think about what Jesus said. Jesus said that the end result of the plan is have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's the objective. And can I tell you something? I don't think we have any carnals in here today. But if you're a carnal Christian, you're not going to find your joy trying to win the lottery or the, well, they call those things in Las Vegas, those slot machine things, or, 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 or having a good wild time in Las Vegas. That's not enjoying life. Your flesh might think it feels good for a little bit, but then when you're broke and <laughs> never saw anything like this back in Indiana because we never had Las Vegas. But I'll never forget the first time this happened to me. Filled up down the Circle K. A guy had a great big fancy Mercedes pulled up beside me. Hey, can you loan me $5? I just need money to get back to Rancho Cucamonga. And I lost all my money in Las Vegas. A guy said that to me in a fancy car. <laughs> Woo! You're driving something like that, and I'm driving what I'm driving, and you want $5 from me? <laughs> and so what I, I want to say it again, that I know nobody here is like that. And, you know, I know they got some clean shows you can watch Las Vegas sometime, That's a, But I'm talking about if you think that you're going to have an enjoy life by taking a chance of all your money, I would much rather do the sure thing and invest 10% into God and get a return for sure. Amen. <laughs> And so, and so the, and so God's plan for what you end up at for 2017 is that you hadn't enjoyed life in abundance to the full till it overflowed. And so anyway, the schemes aimed at achieving specific goals or objectives within a specific time frame. And then the plan explains in detail what needs to be done. When, how, and by whom. And often includes best case, expected case, and worst case scenarios. And, you know, I think about that. We're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs at the close of this today because we're starting off this Bible study for this month. It's going to be Proverbs. And, man, it's going to be awesome. But the book of Proverbs gives you some best case, expected case, and worst case scenarios by either choosing to hook up with God all the way or just playing games with him. Amen. It's going to be good. But anyway, we're looking at this plan that God has for our life. God has the great plan for our life. Now, hold your place. And I want you to look at another passage, not in your notes. We're coming back to this in a minute in Jeremiah. But I want you to look at Habakkuk. They'll have it on the screen up there, too. But Habakkuk chapter 2. And see if this doesn't sound a whole lot like that businessdictionary.com definition about this written account, the plan. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. The prophet said, I'll stand upon my watch. Does anybody ever recall that Jesus said, watch and pray? Jesus said, watch and pray, they enter not into temptation. Said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so, part of God's plan is we're to watch and pray. To stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. I will watch to see what he will say unto me. And what I shall answer when I am reproved. And so, 
Part of the plan, and we see the dictionary.com thing basically says the same thing, is that we need to stop and listen and get with God. And, you know, in that part there, there's two, two, two aspects of God's plan that believers need to understand. Number one, the Bible is the written plan. But number two, then there's the specific plan for your life that only you can get from the Holy Spirit in your heart. Your dad and your mom can raise you right for God, but only God can put in your heart what it is he wants you to do with your life. Amen. You can marry the right person that's a godly person, but only the Holy Spirit can speak to your heart where he wants you to work at. Amen. What do you want you to do with your life? And so that only comes by getting in position. And so that's what he said. I'm going to take the time to get upon my watch and see what he will say. And amen. And so what I'm telling you is this. There's the written plan, which is for the whole human race. God wants the whole written plan, the whole family to follow the written plan of God. That each member of the family has to have the personal relationship where they stop and listen and know in their heart, this is what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, I've said for years, you know, we, we, we had eight children, a lot of grandchildren and things like that. Everybody's not called to go to college. College is a good thing. But if you're a kid that has a really, really, really hard time even making yourself get through school, praise God, you get through school. Because how many know the world needs a lot of laborers that don't have super-duper educations? Amen. At the same time, we need educated people. But the whole thing is God knows what you're supposed to do if you're alive. And so if God has it in your heart, and you know what you need to do is go to college, more college, more college, more college, go. But if God wants you to, to get a basic education and get out there and work with your hands, we need laborers everywhere. And so we have to know as parents, our job in the written plan is Proverbs 22, 6, to train up a child the way it should go. That's the written plan. Our job, our job is Ephesians chapter chapter. 6 verse 1, that we're to be imitators of God as dear children imitate their fathers. And so we follow Christ, set the example in front of our children how to hear from God, how to serve God, how to believe God. And then we do that, and we're trained about the right way, that God will talk to their heart. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I'm leading you this direction. I'm leading you to go in the military. I'm leading you to go to this college. Or I'm leading you to go to this trade school and learn how to do this. And so that's what I've said. The thing is, you can get the written plan by reading the Bible, but you get God's plan by spending time with the one that authored the Bible. And so look at this here then. Spend time getting the plan. And then verse 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Now isn't this what we just read, this other definition? Write the vision. That's the plan. And make it plain upon tables, upon tablets, that he may run that readeth it. And so in other words, what he said is that you're spending time with God. I've kept a journal for nearly all my Christian life. And I'll go back and look at things and I see things. And Dr. Barclay was here at our church in September. And he called Mrs. Pastor and I up. And he prophesied to us, prophesied to my kids, and prophesied to the church. Well, I wrote that prophecy out, what he said, because there's things in there that encourage me and help me and see me that God wants to promote me. God wants to bless this church. God wants to double this church and all the things. That's the plan of God for the church. And so I know for those things to happen, I've got to do my part. I've got to write it down so I may run that read with it. Amen. And so 
in 2017, get a journal. Write things down. You know, little nuggets you hear in servers like this here, write them down. Write them in your journal. You know, I may have said something I didn't know I said because it came out of my spirit. And it may have been just what you need to hear, the answer you needed for your life for 2017. Well, write that down. Because he says, write it down and make it plain that he may run that readeth it. That means that you may walk it out. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. In other words, the plan is for an appointed time. God does have a timing. You have to, you have to change things around. You have to change sometimes through faith and prayer. But when God puts something in your heart, he wants to do. And what am I saying about that? God may have put it in your heart that you've got a mate that's going to show up this year. God may have put it in your heart that this year your job situation is going to change for the better. God may have put it in your heart he's got a much better house for you to live in this year. He may have put it in your heart there's going to be great restoration in your family this year. And so when God puts things in your heart by prayer, write it down. And then write down what your part is in the coming to pass. He says, for a spirit appointed time, but at the end it shall speak. That means manifest and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And so God is telling us we need to become more serious people about how we live our lives. We need to get people to write some things out, study some things out. We just don't get up and, and, and just... Well, what are you going to do today? Well, I don't know. I don't have any plans. Well, what are you going to do in 2017? Well, I don't know. I don't have any plans. You know, the big man upstairs, he pulls the strings. <laughs> He's not the big man upstairs. <laughs> He's the creator. He's Jesus. He saved you. He has something for you to do. And somebody said, well, I don't want to ever be a preacher. I didn't either. I was a center truck driver. I didn't want to be anything. All I wanted to do was act stupid. <laughs> That's what most centers do if you never noticed. <laughs> I got born again. And before I got born again, I was such a fearful person. If I sat in a room full of truck drivers, I didn't even talk because I was always afraid of everything and everybody. I mean, that's how I was. I got born again. I'm preaching to the truck drivers. I got born again. I preached to anybody anywhere that will move because that was God's plan for me. And so I'm saying for you, for wherever you are, the big man upstairs is not pulling the strings. He puts things in your heart, and then you pray them out and you walk them out. And God has things for you to do. Matter of fact, I told Mrs. Pastor, we are listening to the music this morning up here. And I said, a little Graceland up there. I said, I've never heard a guitar player like her. I said, I'd rather hear her than anybody else in the world. You know, I don't know if you know about all the little passages. Do, 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 That's come from Graceland. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Don't you, don't you think that's awesome what God can do? I can't do the do doos <laughs> and that kind of stuff. But I know this. I know this because of the way she plays, the way the praise team sings, and what they do in following God's plan for their life. It makes it easy for me to get there and do his part for me to be able to share the word of God, to listen to the Holy Spirit as I share things and do things, because that prepares your hearts to receive. And, you know, I think about every, you know, just you know, that part of the plan of the church. Those guys don't want to be ushers. But my ushers don't want to play guitars either. <laughs> they don't want to sing. You know why? Because God has a unique plan for everybody's life. 
And I think about the way God does things. We've got, we got Michael's helping us remodel our bathrooms over in the administration building. I've never seen anybody do work like this man does. And, you know, I don't know if Michael's looking for a job but not for the business, but if anybody here is thinking about remodeling work, drywall stuff, tile stuff, and carpentry stuff, all that kind of stuff, this man here is awesome. He's really good, and I can do stuff like that, but I can't do stuff with excellence like that. I've tried to build doorways before. And my doorways weren't good. I've tried to do drywall before. And my drywall wasn't good. But you know what? Michael probably can't teach the Bible like I do either. And so, no, what I'm saying is this. We never, ever, ever need to try to be somebody we're not. If we will, if we will get the plan of God for our lives and follow the plan of God for our lives, we will do something that nobody else can do. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Amen. Let me say this. If you're a born-again Christian, you're doing your best to serve God. Don't ever be ashamed about what you do in life. Don't ever be ashamed. You know what? People put down a lot of different jobs and things like that. And I know we have health food people here, but sometimes I like McDonald's hamburgers and French fries and chocolate malts. I'm so glad somebody works there to make those hamburgers and French fries and chocolate malts. I'm glad somebody's there. And so we never put down on where somebody are, but I'm glad when I need somebody on the super duper professional side that charges you $100 an hour just to get do what they do, I'm glad they're there. But there's a need in life for everybody in this church to do whatever you're doing. Whatever you do, just do it as unto the Lord. Look to Him how to do it better, and you'll be happy in life. You'll make people happy in life. And the main thing is, it's like Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. Amen. God needs Christian workers, Christian witnesses in every field of life. He needs them everywhere we go. God needs people. And so God has a good plan for your life. Amen. And so the Bible is God's specific written plan for your life. The Bible is God's specific written plan for your life. And God's goal God's goal is for you to have a future of peace, hope, and prosperity. That's God's goal. Your part of the plan is this, back to Jeremiah 29. Your part of the plan, verse 12, verse 13. We looked at this in Habakkuk, but then he says the same thing here too. Then shall you call upon me. And you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. It says, you take the time, set aside time to pray, and God said, I'll listen, and I'll work with you. And you shall seek me, and find me, when you shall search for me with all your Facebook friends. If I can get 10,000 likes, God's going to bless me this year. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Most of the people out there, you probably don't want to like you. <laughs> Amen. But no, what he's saying right here is to adjust your lifestyle. You're part of the plan. Adjust your lifestyle to put the things of God as your number one priority. That's part of God's strategic plan for your life. Start every day off with, every day off with number one, prayer. That's part of your course of action is prayer. Somebody said, I've got such a tight schedule, I have to stay up so late to take care of what I've got to do already, that there's no compromise there. I've got to be up late for what I've got to do here, and I've got to get up early. I don't have but five minutes to pray. 
Well, duh. Pray for five minutes then. You know, God knows who you are. God knows how much time you've got. God knows what the requirements and demands are in your life. And so if you will do your part, God will do his part. So start every day off with prayer. It's part of your uh, course of action. Number two, Bible time. It's a major part of the plan to have a great 2017. Develop the Bible habit. And somebody said, Pastor, but I can't read very good. I don't even like to read. Well, do you like to hear from God? Do you want to know God better? With all the modern translations, and I really highly recommend the New Living Translation. Matter of fact, Mrs. Pastor bought me one for Christmas. I bought her one for Christmas. Well, why did you buy New Living Translations? Well, on Sunday nights, Pastor Dave preaches about every Sunday night service. He used the New Living Translation. And I've got Greek stuff in my center called my Bible I use. And I've seen that most of the New Living Translation matches right up with the Greek. It's amazing. The New Living Translation is so easy to understand, easy to get a hold of. And so even if you're a person that has a hard time reading or a hard time understanding the Bible, pray, get a New Living Translation. We have, we have some paperback copies of the bookstore even. But get those and start reading, and God's going to start talking to you, start showing you some plan for your life for 2017. And then also start every week off with, number one, church. It's an absolute, absolute bust. And then number two, more church. Start off with church and then more church. Somebody said, well, I think I, 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 come once, I come once a week or I come two times a month. Well, let me ask you this. Real simple question. Just ask yourself this question. When you come to church, you get more anointed or less anointed? Do you just want anointed once a week? Or twice a month? When you come to church, do you get more peace or less peace? When you come to church, do you get more joy or less joy? When you come to church, do you hear God more clearly or less clearly? And, you know, just stop and just you make yourself your own checklist up of questions and then pray and talk yourself in to come into church more. You come to church more, you get answers more. You come to church more, you have more joy. You come to church, you have more Christian friends. I can't tell you how many times I hear of people that come to our church or churches like this that they whine and they cry. I don't have any Christian friends. And I say, what's your name? You got to know who you are. Who are you? Well, well, I, I, I come to your church. I say, well, when's the last time you come to my church? I don't remember you. I say, well, I, I, I came last year to that special Easter service you had. I said, and you wonder why you don't have any Christian friends? <laughs> no. What am I saying? I'm saying this. If you want to change your lifestyle for the better, to hear from God more, change some of your actions. Change some of your actions. And so make it a weekly thing. Church and then more church. Can I say it one more time? When you come to church, do you get more anointing or less anointing? If you come to church, you get more faith or less faith? How many want more faith? Amen. Make some adjustments. Make some adjustments. 
And uh, the end result of God's plan for your life is he wants you and your family to win life's battles. Look at 14. It says, when you get serious about these things, God said, I'll be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. I will turn away your captivity. So when you put God first, whatever Satan has used to hold you and your family captive to, God will deliver you from the hand of your enemies. God said, when you get serious, when you seek me, when you really begin to put me first, and not just as, a, as, a, as an afterthought, what are you guys going to do today? Well, there's no good ball games on. Uh, so-and-so, they're out of town. We can't go over there. Well, why don't we go to church today then? We haven't been for a couple weeks. Why don't you just start scheduling us the other way around and say, you know what, we're going to go to church today. And uh, we get out of church to the time for a ball game. We'll do it. If not, we won't because we want to put God first. Amen. And so you've got to always remember John 10.10. Your enemies are sickness, poverty, family strife, addictions. God wants you delivered from the hand of your enemies. He wants you to have and enjoy life. If you're sick, he wants you well this year. If you're addicted, he wants you delivered. If your family's fighting, he wants peace in your home. If you're struggling to pay your bills, God wants you to have more than enough this year. So do these things as you get turned around. But what I want to do, I want to point you in the right direction now starting off. We've mentioned our, eight, our High Desert Word Center daily devotions for January. And uh, you got a paper in your bolt and tells you what they are. Or you can look on the uh, org, uh app or website, however you want to punch it in there. It's on Facebook all the time. They put it on there. But anyway, we, you can always pull up the devotion on there. A lot of times what I do, I don't have these papers sometimes. i got my little iPad thing. I just punch HDWC find out what the devotion is. And I stick with it to follow the plan. But anyway, I want to help prime your spiritual pump by briefly looking at our January 1st. What's today? January 1st, 2017. Uh, devotional verses. I want to look at a couple of them just to help you. And so, uh, show off one of my Christmas gifts. This is my New Living Translation from my wife. Man, that's a good Bible. I'm going to get some of those from the bookstore. How many think they'd like to have a New Living Translation? These are really good price, too. Amen. So, look at Proverbs chapter 1. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. But this is what we're starting our church family reading together with for the new year. Proverbs chapter 1, I think this is so good because it gives us a definition of what Proverbs are. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. How many here want more wisdom? How many want more discipline in your life? Amen. Well, it says that's the purpose of these Proverbs. It says to help them understand the insights of the wise. You know what? There's a lot of wise men and women of God in the world. If you want to understand what they understand, then begin to study these Proverbs. And then it says their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. That's what we're talking about is 2017 being the best life you've ever had so far. The best year, the best life so far. And, you know, I'm reading the Bible, and God, by the Holy Spirit, inspired these words to be written. And so God said... That if you begin to study things like this, you're going to be disciplined more and you're going to succeed more. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. And I'll tell you what, 
Just because you're young to the young people in here doesn't mean you have to be young and dumb. I'll tell you what, the wisest, the wisest people in the world are young people that understand God's ways. You know, there, there, there's natural wisdom you can learn by living in the world. But I'll tell you what, natural wisdom is far different than spiritual wisdom. Amen. There's things you learn by experiences in life, but there's things that God will teach you with the Word of God that will help you not to go through some of the things some of us others went through in life. Amen. And so it's to, it's to help, help the young and to, to understand knowledge and discernment. And so listen to this. Let the, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. And so I know some of us uh, have gray hair, and I like rather have myself gray hair than no hair, so I'm glad I got gray hair. But, you know, if you got no hair, that's okay, too, if you like no hair, but I like gray hair. <laughs> but that's a sign of wisdom, the Bible says. And so what I'm saying is this. I want to be wiser in 2017. I know a lot of the Bible. And a lot of the Bible I don't know. But I know this. He said right here that if I study these Proverbs as a wise man, I'll be wiser. I want to be wiser. And so no matter where you are in life right now, if you want to be wiser than what you are, begin to study these Proverbs. Amen. This will help you. And so I'm just going to skip over to a couple other things. This Proverbs. Now, you study the whole thing out, but I just want to just, like I said, prime your spiritual pump to make you get hungry and excited about the Word of God. Look at verse 24 and verse 25. And this is people that decide they want to reject the ways of God. He said, I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. You're going to get corrected when you read the book of Proverbs. You're going to get good advice from God when you read the book of Proverbs. And so anyway, on and on to tell some good stuff. Get down to verse 32 to get to, get to the end of Proverbs. Verse 32, it says, For simpletons turn away from me, to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. If you've got time to read Facebook for two hours a day, you've got time to read the Bible for ten minutes a day. Amen. If you've got time to play goofy video games for hours on end, you've got time to give God 15 minutes to read the book of Proverbs. Amen. He says fools are destroyed by their own complacency. And you know, I'll just, I'll, let me just throw this out to you. Get this revelation again. I'm going to say it and say it and say it and say it. The thief cometh not before to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil gives you no resistance to spend hours on end on Facebook. No resistance. Because Facebook is going to steal your faith. The devil will resist you greatly to read your Bible. Because Bible is going to give you faith. The devil will give you no resistance to play video games all day. Video games are going to steal your time, steal your faith, steal your joy, steal your peace. Totally goofy up in life. And so the devil is just going to just back all the pressure of life off so you think you're having a good time. Until you get done and you feel empty and worthless and useless and think, where'd my time go? The devil is going to resist you greatly to get a devotional out of the bookstore and start reading a devotion every day. The devil is going to resist you to buy yourself a spiral notebook or a fancier journal if you want to, down at Walmart or somewhere, and begin to write down there, January 1, 2017, the first day of the rest of my life, 
my pastor taught today out of Jeremiah chapter 29 at the book of Proverbs chapter 1. And I saw in the Bible that God has a good plan for my life. And God's plan starts with me studying His Word, praying, going to church, not just sometimes, but as a planned way of life. And so I make the choice. I'm talking about writing your journal, things you do so you're not complacent. And then write down that I'm making a goal this year in 2017 that I will go to church consistently. And then you might, you know, in my journal, I write prayers and I write things out. And then I'll say, then I'll say, Lord, I know what I've already written. This is how I write my journal. I talk to him and I write. I say, Lord, now I said that was written. Now I want to make it into a prayer. Lord, I pray and I commit with your help. I'm going to schedule my days. Lord, I'm going to schedule my events around Wednesday nights so I go to my church on Wednesday night. Lord, I'm going to schedule my Sunday nights because, Lord, I know I'm not getting enough of what you have for me. And, Lord, I know I'm going to be out there in the dirty world seven days this week. I'm going to be out there around sinners that cuss, sinners that talk nasty stuff, sinners that talk about things that have nothing to do with you. And so, Lord, I know it's a small thing for me to go to church three times a week. And thank you, Jesus, I've got a church that still has services three times a week because most of them don't anymore. And so, Lord, I want to thank you for that. And, Lord, I want to make a commitment to you. I'm going to tithe every paycheck this year. Lord, I know my church is a big church. And my church is about to have a lot of bills to be able to keep the doors open and take care of people like me. So, Lord, I'm going to purpose, I'm going to faithfully give you 10% of every paycheck I get. And, Lord, I'll help with special things. They do special projects to help people to fix things up so the kids can get blessed at Sunday school. And, Lord, I just want to thank you. You've blessed me with my health. You've blessed me with my job. That's the Lord's a small thing for me to give you 10%. I'll make the commitment, Lord. This year, that's what I'm going to do. And that's kind of how a spiritual life when you're seeking God works right in your journal. I write my journal that way. And that's what you need to do. And so he says complacency will, will, will destroy fools. But listen to this. Here's the goal. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Isn't that the goal? To live in peace? Untroubled by fear and harm. And so that's our goal. And so what we want to do in starting off the new year is we're going to receive communion together. And as we receive communion this morning, I want you to do this. Can we stand around the altar and take it together today instead of going back to seats? Let's just stand up here together and take communion. But let's do this. Look at this. Look at this like God's eraser. And the stuff in your life that's held on to you that was bad from this year, look at this as a fresh start. That God, through the blood of Jesus, communion time today, is going to wipe your spiritual chart clean if there's anything on there that doesn't belong. And then you're going to say, Jesus, I received strength from this blood. I received strength from, these, from this communion bread, Lord. And, of course, we know it's not natural strength. It's spiritual. I received strength, Lord, that I'm clean. I received strength because of who you are living in me. And, Lord, I commit with your help, I'm going to follow your plan for my life. And I want to thank you, Jesus. You already told me it's a good plan, and I'm going to follow your good plan. Amen.